Hello, Fred Kuhn interviews our next guest expert. And now, here's Fred. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the show today. I have a wonderful guest and a terrific topic, especially for those fine men and women in the, in the armed forces who are serving the United States of America. But when they stop serving, they become a veteran, and there are issues now and things to be talked about and understood where resources can be. And I'm talking with experts this month about how to find those, what we're going to do, what the issues are. And my guest today is Commander Josephine Wynn. She is a U.S. Naval Academy graduate. She is a board-certified dermatologist. And Josephine is so passionate about mentoring health policy and leadership in government. I know that she, uh, she coordinates with a lot of civilian counterparts and is making uh, wonderful progress for the veterans of our country. Josephine, thank you for joining us and welcome to the program. Thank you, Fred. It's certainly a pleasure to be here today. Well, thank you. I'm glad to have you. Let's jump right in. We all know, those of us who work with the military in the transition process know that transitioning from military to civilian life can be pretty daunting. If you, It's sort of like Yogi Berra said, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and it can be almost overwhelming at times. What are some of the things that military members should think about and consider prior to making their transition? What's the time frame on that they should get started? And what are those things they should be thinking about? Sure, Fred. Well, every year, approximately 250,000 military members transition to the civilian workforce. These men and women bring strong leadership, communication, and teamwork skills. But unfortunately, many don't know how to successfully make this transition. And research shows that starting a new job or career ranks as one of the top 10 stressors in one's life. So I would advise men and women making this transition to start thinking about how to prepare for this transition up to two years ahead of time. That seems like a long time, Josephine, two years. Why two years? Yeah, I would say two years because there's a lot of programs that military members can look at and have access to, including TAPS, that they can access two years in advance. TAPS stands for Transition Assistance Program that is made available for them through the military And finally, starting to look at job fairs or agencies that specifically work for and look for prior military members, getting yourself out there allows you to really see what civilian agencies and employers are looking for. And you will find that actually you are a great candidate because of the strong leadership, communication, and teamwork skills that you've honed through your time in the military. I know I had a chance to go and work with uh, some very fine young Marines at 29 Palms, and I was bowled over by the stories they brought back of creativity, leadership, you know, quick decision-making, stress, handle how how they manage the field. It was really the skills that they have are amazing for any corporation who wants to hire the military. I mean, it's just amazing the skills that these young men and women bring to the corporate sector, at least from the private sector point of view. Absolutely. They're natural leaders, and they've been put into crises situations, so they really understand mm-hmm. how to handle themselves in critical situations and how to stay and rise up and lead. But you'd be surprised that some military members transitioning to civilian life suffer from what we call imposter syndrome because they're worried that they won't find a good job after the military and people won't appreciate them. And 
The definition of imposter syndrome is that it's a psychological term referring to a pattern of behavior where people doubt their accomplishments and they have a persistent, often internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. So I would encourage military members to recognize that one, these fears are absolutely not true and that two, military members bring strong leadership and communication and teamwork skills that many of your civilian counterparts don't have. So capitalize on these strengths that are homes during your time in the military. One of the words you said was, uh, you know, the fraud. You're only a fraud if you lie about what you can do and you can't do it. But I've experienced some of these young men and women and they can do it. I want to explore just a little further, if you don't mind. Why is this false persona they have in their head that they, they won't be accepted, that not that it won't be accepted, but that they're not as good as they think they are? Where does that stem from? Well, I, I mean, to be honest, Fred, this, this imposter syndrome term is actually used in many different professions, including amongst a lot of medical professions, female physicians that suffer from this imposter syndrome. So really, this is just a psychological really? term that, that many people, whether you're in the military or not in the military, suffer from. And really, it's a fear factor, right? They're stepping into a stressful event and unknown that they're not even aware of. So then when you have that fear of the unknown, then you tend to have self-doubt. So my point is... Per- Educate yourself early, prepare yourself, yeah. and recognize that yeah, you have yeah. great skills. Yeah, be prepared. I mean, it's the exactly. old Boy Scout motto, isn't it? <laughs> you know? yes. Be prepared. Yeah. That sums it up. So what can they do? They can go to the TAPS. They can go and do what else? What are some of the other things they can do? Yeah, so here are some important tips for transitioning military personnel. Number one, this is one thing that I, many military members find hard to do brag about yourself. That's important to, <laughs> yes. It, a member, You're many so military members, so right, Josephine. Yeah, so it's right. hard. We're very humble. Yeah. But you got to <laughs> remember, you got to market yourself to land the right job. And former military members have powerful skill sets that make them extremely effective in the civilian sector, including discipline, goal orientation. But you need to remember that you need to be able to translate this on a CV and do not include military language in your CV or interviews because people won't understand. Instead, boil it down to common day language to help people understand your true worth. I'll give you an example. Instead of saying, I was the commanding officer of a medical treatment facility, there's a better way to state that because if you state that, people won't understand. So instead, you could state, I oversaw the strategic direction and day-to-day operations of a military hospital that provided care to 45,000 active duty members and their family. Make sure you communicate in their language. Let me Uh, underscore that if I could, Josephine, just a moment. In the hmm. private sector, we also have, I, I work with executives, and the biggest problem I have with them is, as we were talking in our conversation before this podcast, the I versus the we. It's so difficult to get someone to use the word I because they've been inculcated with the idea that they have to say we all the time. As I always tell them, you know, if you could be sued for it, fired for it, buried for it, hung for it, or castigated for it, it's I. The rest of it is we. So that's the point that I want to underscore to your point is that learning how to communicate their value proposition, just like you translated that military term into something that a civilian could actually look at and say, okay, they ran a 45,000 person availability medical center. So that makes a big difference. It's about what you can do and how well you can do it. It's also about how you can do it. So go ahead. 
I just want to throw that in there to support what you're saying. Yeah, great points, Fred. Another thing that I would recommend is transition to just a hit home on that point. When you transition from military speech to civilian speech, you're doing mm-hmm. that because you want to fit in with the crowd because really you're going to be leading these people potentially. So remove your sirs or ma'ams because that, that can oftentimes make things seem too formal and also get rid of the military time. So nothing makes you stick out more like a sore thumb than acting too formal or rigid because people right. want to be able to relate to you as their leader and also for you to become a part of their team. I think one of the other points there too is is not just leadership, and I have a book on this, but leadership is, will they follow you? You can direct them all day long, and if they won't willingly follow you, then you're not a leader. So building that is very, very important to support your point. Absolutely. Third point is find a mentor. As we have yes. stated earlier, leaving the military is one of the most stressful times of your life. Yep. Be willing to reach out and ask for help. Find a mentor that's made that transition and can give you advice on how to make that transition in not only your professional life, but also your personal life, because this will impact and stress your personal life. In addition, that mentor may have connections for potential civilian jobs. That is correct. Uh, Mentoring is extremely important in the transition process. I use it with my executives too, Josephine. I tell them to get a search partner and to listen to what they're saying, give them honest critique and feedback because nobody else will. The companies, when they interview you, if they don't like you, they're not going to tell you. They're just not going to hire you. So you need, you need feedback on your stories and your accomplishments and, and, and your style of delivery and all these things that go into making up for a good interview and a, and a good job search. You know, Fred, and it's interesting. Research shows that women are more reluctant to find mentors than men. So in the same token, I I encourage everyone to find a mentor because mentoring is a bi-directional relationship that the mentee and the mentor both benefit from. Absolutely. Absolutely. My final point, Fred, is enjoy the ride. Change (laughs) is good and to not be fearful about it. And members can now reap the rewards of having served our country and sacrificing for our country. Transitioning to the civilian workforce can be frustrating since your colleagues may have a different mentality, but if you expect and embrace those differences, it can allow you to rise to the top as a leader and lead a diverse team. That's correct, because when when you transition from military to the private sector of the workforce, there are different rules there. For example, we just did a white paper on this, Josephine, called Managing Multi-Generations for Profit and Harmony. And the conflict between Z and, and the X and the boomer and the Y and the, I mean, you're going to have to learn that flexibility and those challenges and be willing to embrace those challenges and work through them. Otherwise, it, it will not be a successful transition. That's the beauty of having diverse teams is that you, yes, you, agreed. everyone brings a certain strength that, that other people don't have. That is correct. Learning how to work with others, play well with others. What's the old first grade expression? Does he play well with others? (laughs) Does she play well with others? I mean, that's really what we're talking about here. Are there any other closing comments you want to make and advice you want to give to these folks that are going to listen to this who might be in transition or willing to help others in transition? Yes, absolutely. I just wanted to mention an organization or service that military members should look for to assist with this transition. One is to maximize utilization of the TAPS program or Transition Assistance Program. It's a free service that provides service members and their spouses the skill sets 
information, tools, and training to successfully transition to civilian life. And they can take advantage of this as early as 24 months prior to leaving the military. And finally, look for job fairs or agencies that look for prior military members because these Mm -hmm. agencies or fairs work to connect veterans of America's armed forces with employees who value their experience and skill sets. Well, I agree with that 100%. In fact, my my next guest that I'll be recording is the vice president and general manager of the military division for the Lucas Group. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Those that specialize in and understand military transition and will assist those folks that are transitioning. Folks, we have been blessed by Josephine Wynn, who has joined us today, U.S. Naval Academy graduate, medical school, dermatologist, physician, and works with transition and interagency relationships, both in the public and private sector and government, to help our veterans transition from the military. And I know she's very passionate about this. And Josephine, I'd like to thank you for joining us today on our podcast, The U.S. at Work. Thank you, Fred. It was my pleasure. Thanks for joining us. If you wish to speak with Fred or you want a transcript of this interview, send an email to podcast at stuartcoopercoon.com. See you soon.